Welcome to Bible Chapter Every Day. I'm Matthew. Our chapter today is Genesis 14. Let's ask God to bless our time today. Heavenly Father, as we read this chapter, we pray that we would associate with your people, that we would want to be around people who care about you, that we would be living in your strength. We pray this through Jesus. Amen. Genesis 14. And it happened that in the days of Amraphel, the king of Shinar, Arioch, the king of Eleazar, Kedileomer, the king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goyim, made war with Bera, the king of Sodom, and Abirasha, the king of Gomorrah, Shinab, the king of Adma, and Shemeber, the king of Zeboiim, and the king of Bela, that is, Zoar. All these joined forces at the valley of Siddim, that is, the Sea of the Salt. Twelve years they had served Ketoleomer, but in the thirteenth year they rebelled. In the fourteenth year, Ketoleomer and the kings who were with him came and defeated the Rephaim in Ashtaroth Carnaim, and the Zuzim in Ham, and the Emim in Sheva Kiriathaim, and the Horites in the hill country of Seir, as far as El Paran which is at the wilderness. Then they turned back and came to In-Mishpat, that is, Kadesh, and they defeated the whole territory of the Amalekites, and also the Amorites, who were living in Hazazon Tamar. Then the king of Sodom, the king of Gomorrah, the king of Adma, the king of Zeboiim, and the king of Bela, that is, Zoar, went out, and they took up battle position in the valley of Siddim, with Kedorlaomer, king of Elam, and Tidal, king of Goyim, and Amraphel, king of Shinar, and Arioch, king of Eleazar, four kings against five. Now the valley of Siddim was full of tar pits, and the kings of Sodom and Gomorrah fled and fell into them, but the rest fled to the mountains. So they took all the possessions of Sodom and Gomorrah, and all their provisions, and they left. And they took Lot, the son of the brother of Abram and his possessions, and left. Now he had been living in Sodom. Then one who escaped came and told Abram the Hebrew. And he was living at the oaks of Mamre, the Amorite, brother of Eshcol, and brother of Aner. These were allies with Abram. When Abram heard that his relative was taken captive, he summoned his trained men, born in his house, 318 of them, and he went in pursuit up to Dan, and he divided his trained men against them at night, he and his servants, and he defeated them and pursued them to Hobah, which is north of Damascus, and he brought back all the possessions, and he also brought back Lot, his relative, and his possessions, and the women, and the people as well. After his return from defeating Kedorlaomer, and the kings who were with him, the king of Sodom went out to meet him at the valley of Shava, that is, the valley of the king. And Melchizedek, the king of Salem, brought out bread and wine. He was the priest of God Most High. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram by God Most High, maker of heaven and earth, and blessed be God Most High, who delivered your enemies into your hand and he gave to him a tenth of everything. And the king of Sodom said to Abram, 
Give me the people, but the possessions take for yourself. And Abram said to the king of Sodom, I have raised my hand to Yahweh, God most high, maker of heaven and earth, that neither a thread nor a thong of a sandal would I take from all that belongs to you, that you might not say, I made Abram rich. Nothing besides what the servants have eaten and the share of the men who went out with me will I take. Let Aner, Eshkol, and Mamre take their share. Well, that's the reading. Let's dig in. In chapter 13, Abram and Lot separate. Lot chose the fertile valley toward Sodom. But now we see Lot in trouble. Four powerful kings come from far away, one of them from Shinar, which is where Babel or Babylon is located, and the other kings likely near there. It is a long way to go, but apparently the kings in the land of Canaan had been sending tribute to the king of Elam. As best as we can tell, Elam is what is today southern Iran. They didn't have large nations with well-defined borders in those days. What they had were kings over cities and kings over areas and alliances for mutual defense and even offense. And so a powerful king could conquer a territory and make the people of that area send him a yearly payment, sort of protection money. So apparently several kings in the Canaan area had been sending tribute money for a while and then decided to stop. So the king of Elam gets together his allied kings and goes on a long journey to take the money himself. And he's apparently successful in the campaign. The king of Elam and his allies defeated all the people they made war with. And they take all of their goods and they take captive anyone they can to be slaves, I would assume. But they made one mistake. They took Lot captive. So someone escapes and tells Abram what happened, and since Lot was one of the captives, Abram decides to chase after the kings and rescue Lot. So he gets his allies near him, and they chase after the kings. Abram has 318 trained men. So I assume that tells us an idea of how wealthy Abram was. If we assume Abram's allies had similar numbers, then this would be a very small army. I assume that the kings would have had a much larger army that he's going to go attack. But Abram attacks them at night and defeats the kings and rescues all of the people and all of the possessions. So Abram returns and he meets two kings, the king of Sodom and the king of Salem. The king of Sodom isn't named, but the king of Salem, which is probably later Jerusalem, is named Melchizedek. Melchizedek was not listed among those defeated by the foreign kings, but he brings out bread and wine, and Moses tells us that Melchizedek was priest of God Most High. This is the first time we have had that title for God. Melchizedek blesses Abram and gives the credit for the victory to God. Abram gives Melchizedek a tenth of the spoil, apparently agreeing that God does get the credit and so he's giving an offering to thank God. Then, in contrast, we have the king of Sodom. The king of Sodom gives no blessing and is not connected with God. He suggests that Abram give him the people, since you need people to be a king, and keep all of the possessions as payment for his victory. But Abram refuses to take the goods. He uses this name for God that Melchizedek used and says he doesn't want the king of Salem to be able to say that he made Abram rich. He only takes from the goods the amount to pay Abram's allies for their help in the fight. 
And now for a deeper dive. Melchizedek is an interesting character who's only mentioned three times in the Bible, here in Genesis, later in Psalms, and finally in Hebrews. He is a picture of Jesus being both a king and a priest. And he gives Abram bread and wine, the two things Jesus used to symbolize himself in communion. And we see these opposites, the king who is a picture of Jesus and the king of wicked Sodom. And Abram makes his choice between the two. Abram chooses Melchizedek. He gives the tenth to Melchizedek, and he eats with him. And then he uses the same phrase for God that Melchizedek did. But Abram rejects the king of Sodom. He doesn't take the possessions from the king of Sodom because he doesn't want the king of Sodom to have anything over Abram. So, what about us? Who are we choosing to associate with? Who do we start to talk like because we look up to them? Scripture quotations are from the Lexham English Bible. Copyright 2012, Logos Bible Software. Lexham is a registered trademark of Logos Bible Software.